Hi, my name is Christina Nice, and this is the Christina Nice podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to discuss loss and grief and some of the complexities that are around grief. This podcast aims to set the tone for the launch of my children's book series. I'm going to discuss some hard-hitting topics like loss of a parent to addiction, loss of a sibling, grief from loss of a parent, abandonment, trauma, and also discuss hope and restoration, empathy, overcoming on the journey of grief. Children are the focus of the books and the baseline, but the heartbeat of the Christina Nice podcast is to start the conversation on some hard topics. So let's start that conversation now. First off, I just want to say I took a break from my podcast because I was working on getting an illustrator for my book, and I have found the most brilliant illustrator in my niece, Michelle. Um, She's one of the more talented artists I've ever met and she's going to be making my characters. And so I've been doing a lot of conversations around the development of this story and just really sharing my heart. So she's created Bear, who I'm gonna talk about in this podcast, but I just wanna just pause for a minute and get really transparent and really honest with my listeners. I broke up with my husband, and I have full um, blessing from him to share. I broke up with my husband during the pandemic early on. Our marriage um, was good, and we had a beautiful life, and we had not a lot to make a fuss about. And I probably realistically could have continued to walk, smile, you know, whatever I was doing and it would have been fine-ish. But there were some things that had crept in that had gotten really toxic and unhealthy and the relationship itself was dying. And so when I made the decision to break up with him, when I asked for the separation, it was not to fully break the marriage. It was to separate and see if we can repair break some patterns. I had already started going to therapy and I had already started to um, really try to build up the courage to make this break. And so when I broke up with my husband, he got really mad, sad, upset, I don't know, spiraling, all of the things that could happen if a spouse asks for a separation. And he didn't talk to me. So the day we broke up, I asked for a separation and it was in the context of working things out. Three days later, he stopped, basically stopped communication and was telling me he didn't want to have the relationship anymore. So something had flipped the narrative for him, had flipped the switch. Um, And I remember we're back together now, but I remember listening to the NF album Therapy and how that was really carrying me during this time. And there's a lyric in um, one of his songs on that album. And so, I don't know, I'm old school. I like to listen to a full hip hop album. I like to listen through albums in their entirety. I am, for some reason, hip hop, certain artists really speak to me and NF is one of them. I I just, I don't have a lot of reasons for how it grips my heart, but spoken word, this guy, his mom died 
um, of an overdose. And he talks about a lot of that. Why Did You Leave Us is one of his songs. It's very powerful. And so this album, Therapy Sessions, um, actually helped carry me through my separation, which ultimately ended in a divorce, which turned around into a removal of divorce in the courts. We didn't go to court yet because things were backed up, but the papers were signed and filed. So that's definitely what happened. Um, There's a lot more to color in that story, but I need to tell you, so when I broke up with him, I was not thinking this was like a split permanent. This was, but I knew that that could be, you know, there that could obviously be an end result when you ask for a separation, right? And so I remember this feeling of growth. It was like growth was dripping, truth was dripping on me and healing was happening during this time and things were literally being healed off of me. I remember getting out of fight or flight and that feeling like of peace and quiet. I remember when I, the trauma was isolated and I was able to respond and not react. I remember when the anxiety subsided. I remember these moments were pivotal. It was like the stress was minimizing and there was calm and there was truth. And I really rose to the occasion, so to speak. I put myself in a situation that was uncomfortable and painful and forced growth it forced me to use the muscles I hadn't used yet and I kept really private I kept to a few close friends a few close family members and a therapist and a pastor okay and so you all go oh yes so I have a pastor at a church that I attend in Haverhill, and he asked me really hard questions. And I liked it because he would ask hard questions during this process. But he also heard me and he understood me and he wasn't judging what I was going through. But he was able to ask really hard questions of me. And I really like that. I like that people can ask me hard things and I don't get defensive or I'm not in a place to answer that question. No, like I'll answer that question. Whoa, that's a good question. Like that's hard, you know, may have leveled me a little bit, but sometimes we need to be leveled by the people that ask the hard questions. I need the hard questions. I need to be challenged. And I think in the last year, I was challenged to be who I was always destined to be. I was challenged to stand up to what I knew I was supposed to do. So this isn't about, oh, my husband stopped talking to me, but I'm just going to share this to let you know how sticky it was. Okay. It was a little bit sticky. Okay. And I knew I was supposed to use my voice and share my stories. This book has literally called itself forth out of nothing. I just said, yes. At every turn, I said, yes, I'll share my voice. Yes. But what ended up happening for me to share my voice and to walk in my authentic calling, my authentic truth, to walk in my giftings and my abilities, to walk where my heart was pounding every time I got near it. And I knew it was what I was supposed to do beyond a shadow of a doubt. When I closed my eyes, this is what I saw for my life. And so I was like, what 
the heck is going on? Well, maybe I'll go back and get a master's in writing. And maybe I will continue, take another course. You know, I can't just put author. I can't be an author. I need, you know, a master's. You know, I'm the type of person that felt like I needed a PhD to do something, you know, for a minute, for a hot minute there. And then I was like, you know what? I have had, I've always written. My mom is a poet. I love creative writing. Why can't I write? I've written blogs. I've written for jobs that I've worked in the past. I've, why? Why wouldn't I be able to share my voice? I love to speak. You know, I've been on Chronicle and all these other things. I don't mind talking. I've been in interviews. <laughs> but I had this worthiness story that was coming up. I had a worthiness story coming up. I had a little bit of imposter syndrome coming up. And I was like, well, I, I can't just stand in who I really am or what I really want to say about these topics because it will offend people, it will challenge people, it will move people, it's a little bit different, it's loud, it's bold, it's kind of in your face about a topic that we're not talking about, children that have lost parents to overdose, stigmatized, children that have lost siblings, I've lost a sibling, I've lost a parent, can you imagine if that happened to my seven-year-old? Yeah, because a lot of people around me have lost parents to addiction. And a lot of people have lost siblings to cancer. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. It's in my neighborhood. It's in my children's community. It's in our churches, in our synagogues. It's everywhere. It's in the city. And so as I was healing my trauma, which I talked about, you know, trauma attracts trauma. Okay, so... My separation from my husband was traumatic because he stopped talking to me. This was someone that I loved and I'm not knocking it. I'm knocking it a little bit, but I'm not, not understanding why he didn't talk to me. I mean, it was hard for me. And as we've been rebuilding the marriage, the fact that he went radio silent on me, that, that stings. Like I can still cry about that. I could a little bit. It stings. I, I might listen to a hip hop song instead of cry, but you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. It's a little bit of both. And so when people ask me like, oh my gosh, this is so great that you're writing this book. Thank you. I literally had to shed versions of myself that were no longer serving me. I was like in a cocoon wrapped with that gooey stuff, like a butterfly. I couldn't breathe. I wanted to eat strawberries, but I was too, the, the stuff inside, I was in a metamorphosis. I couldn't believe it. It felt like there was a vacuum pulling me out of my situation so that I could emerge and fly. And so while that was happening, uh, this story was coming to me, write this book, the words were coming to me during my podcast, everything was aligning and moving in divine timing. And it was like, I was, the story was coming forth and I was just there and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm in the forest. I would greet on the days. And some of you don't know this because you would see my photos and wonder, is she with the kids? On the days that my husband had the kids, I would leave my father's house because that's where I stayed in North Reading. I would leave my father's house and drive back up the seacoast, back to where my home is. 
up in Ainsbury, up the seacoast, and I would drive through some of these marshy, foggy forest fields where the, it meets the salt, or I would drive through the woods, like right along some of these beautiful New England roads, and I would pull over and sit. It was before 6 a.m. and sit with the fog, and some of the days were cold and rainy, and I would see and write and see and write and I could hear and feel the energy of these books and these series and I wrote and it was almost supposed to come forth by my hands but for a bigger purpose and so as I was healing my trauma which is not the easiest thing to do <laughs> when I was healing my trauma like, well, I'm good, and this is a reaction, and that's the trauma, and that's a trigger. And I had done trauma work before, and so I had a pretty good handle. My trauma was like on notice. It knew I didn't want it around when I started this work, and that was one of the reasons why I broke up with my husband. I mean, he wasn't looking at his trauma, and I was working with a trauma specialist, and I said, I can't do this for the rest of my life the triggers and the back and forth and they're triggered and then I'm triggered and he wouldn't even look at it and we were standing in the same house looking at each other and the two beautiful children that we had made and the life that we had not exactly taken care of that marriage that we didn't exactly love that thing well at times we did but we let it go at times we let it dehydrate and die out and grow weeds. So when I emerged out of that cocoon and I let my wings out, I had to shed my desire to fit in and my desire to be liked. Because for a long time, I wanted to be liked, particularly by females and I don't know if it's because I lost my mom or I don't I'm not I can't exactly put my finger on exactly why but I'm working through it in counseling and in therapy but I just I really wanted to fit in and be liked and I wanted to fit in with my husband's family I wanted to fit in with the communities that I was in and, and I wanted the friends and I wanted to be invited you know and I started to realize that that some of that was around abandonment. That some of that was my abandonment that that allowed me to be treated like crap so that people I, that I couldn't didn't have to feel the sting of rejection. And when I realized that some of that had leaked into my relationship with my husband, when I started to heal that, it just started to change. It flipped the coin. It just changed everything and I would try to address these things and they weren't, we were standing in the same house and we weren't looking at the same picture. I was holding a Polaroid snapshot and, you know, probably a, with a vintage filter and he was holding a more modern 3D dimension photo, you know, that he made with his 3D software, you know, same picture, same content same but two different looks and so why am I sharing all this so 
as I've evolved and the book is evolving and there's illustrations coming, there's also a launch of another series from 7 to 11 because the initial series is from 4 to 10-ish, 4 to 8. But now I want to do like the 7 to 11, 7 to 14. So I started to dive into writing that series. And the same thing is happening. It's coming to me and it's calling itself forth. And this is how I know. And I know that sometimes, you know, when you're driving and you hear the same song or you you driving and a deer crosses your path or every time when something's trying to get the message across to you, when there is something you're supposed to do, it's going to call itself forth and chase you. But there's also these things that happen where it like passes over you and moves on if you can't say yes to it. And one of the things that I have stuck to, it's like the simplest line and it resonated with me. If it's not there and it needs to be, maybe I'm the one that's supposed to do it. And that was it. If it's not there and it needs to be, maybe I'm the one that's supposed to do it because I'm the one that can see it. Now, some things I'm not supposed to do, some things we're supposed to put down. They're not ours, they're too heavy, or it's not the right timing. But that has helped me. Okay, well that's not there and that needs to be there and maybe I'm supposed to do it. I have the gifts and the talents to do it. Do I have the fear? Yes. Do I I wanna be liked? Yes. Am I not always liked? Yes. There are people that do not like me and that's for sure. And some of them are a little too close to comfort. But you know what? I have to walk in who I know I'm supposed to be. I have got to rise up to where I'm supposed to be. I can't ignore the things that are making my heart beat, the thing that calls to me to do and to complete. And so the book's an illustration and now I'm also writing a chapter book on it for the older kids and about the forest. And I just want to talk about Bear for a minute. Bear has the ability to feel empathy and she is so important for the young boy who lost a parent to overdose because she starts to cry and grieve at the injustice. And that's something I'm trying to really push home to anyone who will listen is that we have to change the narrative on how we look at the children that have lost a parent to overdose because statistically we react differently to an overdose death as we do to a tragic car accident like oh well the addict chose that and so I don't know if you've ever talked to someone working in the field of addiction or someone that understands the neurology behind it, but this is about serotonin levels going low and literally that it's like they need it. Their brain chemistry changes. And I, I would recommend seeing um, A Beautiful Boy. It's about the meth epidemic in America, but how the, the neurology, like the brain changes and these things, like we don't, a lot of addicts have trauma that's unhealed and there's these things that are there that are untouched and that are 
destroying their life and I know that there's a couple people saying oh it's their choice it's their choice but they have a lot of things going up against them and to heal people in recovery are incredible human beings <laughs> because not only are they going against something in their body screaming at them that this will make everything better no one wants to sit in the pain we don't want to sit in the discomfort but a lot of the unhealed trauma can lead to addiction anyway so the bear's reaction is, is is so incredible that that I had to start with her because she's almost my face for how I feel. I feel like a mama bear when I see this injustice. So I know I'm getting a little emotional and this is a little more emotional of a podcast, but I had to shed those things. I had to shed the fear of rejection. I had to shed the fear. I had to say, you know what? I might march to a different drum beat, but I need to make this beat. I might lose some people when I talk about uncomfortable topics like trauma, stigma, loss, and grief, and the other topics, but there's also so much hope. I had to heal my abandonment. It was not easy. I let people treat me badly because I had abandonment. I mean, that's the truth. But it's healed now. Is it is it something I'm careful of? I have to be careful. If someone doesn't want to be around me, I can't try to be around them because I naturally want to be around people that don't want to be around me because I don't want to feel that abandonment. I don't want to feel that rejection. So now I'm just like, okay, they don't want to be around me. And I just bless and release. And, and, but that was hard work. And that abandonment, I mean, I've done the work for it, but there's a lot of kids. We're not even really talking about these topics and we need to. So here I am. Thank you so much for listening to my welcome back podcast and checking out this episode. And one of the reasons why I took a little break was because I am rebuilding my marriage and I'll tell you, it was it was about six months of some heavy lifting, and it just started to get really lighter in the last eight weeks. And I'm starting to see the harvest from that work in the last two months. So thank you for being with me in my story, and I'm so glad you're here. I would love your support by subscribing to my podcast or following me on Instagram at Christina Nice underscore. I can't wait to be with you next week. Take very good care of yourselves. Thank you.